Hey guys, this is Robert from Limitless Broadcasting. And Sammy. I was getting to you. (laughs) But we wanted to tell you some exciting news. We are going to be at the Indiana Comic Con, March 22nd through the 24th. That's going to be at the Indianapolis or... Indiana Convention Center. In Indianapolis, let's say that. (laughs) So if you were going to the convention, please come over to the Limitless Broadcasting booth Mm -hmm. and say hello. Yeah, I believe it was booth 1710. 1710. Yes, so it's a huge convention. Yeah. Probably the biggest one I think we've been to. Yeah, this is going to be like Megacon. Yeah, unfortunately I will not be there in person. Robbie will be there but he's going to have some uh, fun friends with him. Yes. Including, I believe, from Pixie Dust Twins, Ashley. First con for her. And so if you're there, ask us about Rant Radio because you can win $1,000 from Limitless Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very excited about that. And who doesn't love a good rant? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we will, or I guess I should say Robbie, will see you soon at the Indiana Comic Convention. And what days... Are you going to be there one more time? Uh, we're going to be there the 22nd through the 24th of March. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you guys there soon. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. You're a wizard, Harry. Turn to page 394. Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? Welcome, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. Cheers. How's it going? Cheers. That's a nice one today. Yeah. I won't scream. I like it. And, And we are produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Please go check out all of our social media after the show, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Thank you. Yes. <gasps> Guys, I got coffee. Me too. Good job. Good. Well, what, what, which one was it? It wasn't last week's. Was it as a prisoner of Azkaban? I didn't yes. have any coffee in me. Yes. I, I was surprised you made it through that. I was really, I was, you know. You did better than you should have probably. A lot better. Yeah. Listen, better than I would have I mm-hmm. listen. I act like I live off of coffee, but I honestly don't. I can function pretty well without coffee. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Good I try you. to do cleanses where there are weeks where I go where I don't drink any coffee and I'll just have like either a smoothie in the morning or tea or That's water. That's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to drink more than like one of these a day if I do have it every day. All that caffeine. No. Yeah. I don't try. I don't. I try not to drink a lot of caffeine. Mm-hmm. I did too much in college and I yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to go back to that. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we kind of had to, you know, papers and I mean, trying to coffee, get all the things done, yeah. you know, at the last minute because it, it, we were procrastinators, you know. Yeah. It really was a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. I didn't oh realize gosh. that until I had to do early classes. 
because I had drink coffee off and on, but then like the first time I actually had coffee at 8 a.m., I was like, oh, that's what that's for. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know I could feel this way. Yeah. Anywho, we are talking Order of the Phoenix today. Mm-hmm. Um, this book and movie ha- is just very, um, it's a hate and like relationship or hate love relationship for me because Harry starts to go through puberty and he starts to just get annoying. But it's starting yes. to get darker. We're starting to see a lot of other things. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you have Umbridge. Ugh, mm-hmm. That's a definite hate. Um, mm-hmm. Harry's Harry's annoyance is more of like a, ugh, I dislike you right now, but I understand what you're going through. Umbridge, emo and we know he's going to get through it. Umbridge <laughs> mm-hmm. is never going to change. Ugh. Oh, never. Mm-mm. Never. Absolutely never. Did she die? I don't remember. Unfortunately. She, no, she not. gets knocked out. And then that's kind of. Because she's, I mean, she's in the last one, and I don't I mean, think she dies at all in there. She's just. It was very satisfying seeing Bellatrix die in the last one, but I feel wow. like it would have been so much better if it was Umbridge. Oh, for sure. If Umbridge yeah. was at the battle and someone took her out, mm-hmm. especially if it was Molly, anybody. Yeah. The reason it was satisfying is because it was Molly who killed Bellatrix. Because of every like. Bellatrix came after her in a lot of different areas. So it was mm-hmm. like a, a it, it's sad because I know you love her, Dan, but I love her and too. We, and she's we love awesome. Helena. We love Helena. Absolutely. absolutely. Like she's amazing, but it, it, it was a satisfying like villain. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, like yeah. okay. I look, I, I love her in the same way you love Draco. There we go. Yeah. Did you see what I, I put in my notes? <laughs> did yes. you see what I, I responded in your notes? Did oh, you? Yeah, I, did, you I did see the response. Oh, I man. Did. I hang on. Hang on. Hang on. That's I think hilarious. I, did. I didn't realize that either. I did it this morning. Um, let's see here. Yes, I responded. Oh, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It's I, I'm, I'm okay with that. At least yours is a BA the whole time. Mine gets whiny. He does get whiny. He he but again, it's like Harry. He's he's going through some stuff. Like he's okay. And I next movie we'll talk more about this. But you mm-hmm. see the struggle no, in him finally in the next movie. This one, he's a little B, and yeah. I want to smack him upside. No, not even upside the head. I want to punch him in the face, like mm-hmm. Hermione. But mm-hmm. yes. Um. But in this one, or in the next one, we, I'll I want to talk about yeah. his his. I really fight. I really feel for him in the next one for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I do. I feel bad for him. Oh, okay. I thought you were, when you said, yeah, um, it sounded more like a sarcastic, like, I don't know. No. Sorry, your tone Mm -mm. didn't come across as you were. No. Mm -mm. You agree? Yes. I feel bad for Draco. I'm sorry. I misread your Voldy is the worst, so I feel bad for him. Yeah, he is. Mm -hmm. But we're not there yet. We are almost to see Voldy between in this movie and book um but as i was going through oh leakycauldron.org you make me so sad and angry because starting at order of phoenix they have barely anything for the next rest of them i'm like great now i gotta go searching so Mm -hmm. this compiles a bunch of different things so it's completely out of order i apologize i tried my best um and some of these i kind of forgot about and some of these I'll go through quick, some of these I won't. But anyways, starting off, Quidditch. We don't see the Quidditch in the movie at all. It is very prominent in the films mm-hmm. because it's a part of um, Umbridge's, uh, oh, what's to call it, um, punishments to not only Harry, but to also the twins. 
she takes Harry mm-hmm. and the twins out. And this is where you see Jenny also in the book step up into Quidditch mm-hmm. and take over for Harry while he cannot yep. be a part of the team. So Quidditch is actually a huge part of the book and they took it out. Darn mm-hmm. you movie makers. I love Quidditch. Because mm-hmm. it would have given me more of my twins. But anyways. Mm, or, true. Um, Petunia gets a howler. I forgot about this. Dumbledore sent her a howler at mm-hmm. the beginning of the book um, about like, this is commenting they guard the wizard prison. Uh, oh, the about the Dementors. Yeah, she she acknowledges like, that she knows what they are. Yes. In the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's left out of the movie and uh, Petunia just plays dumb in, in the movie. Um, so that would have been very entertaining to watch because it was from Dumbledore. So her getting a howler from Dumbledore, I kind of want to know what a howler from Dumbledore sounds like. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they robbed us of that. Mm-hmm. HBO or Max or whatever you're called now. Rectify it, please. Please. In- Six years <laughs> when we actually get Order of Phoenix. Right. It's gonna um, be a while. At some point, while. somewhere down the road, you know. Um, Creature um actually appears in uh the he does appear in the film adaptation, but uh his most important moment in the book is cut out of the movie. So Harry actually, when he has the vision of uh Sirius being tormented in the mysteries, he actually goes to Grimwald Place. To see if he can find Sirius there first, Creature mm-hmm. lies to him and says he's not there. And that's why he then goes to the Department of Mysteries. If Creature told him, yes, Sirius is mm-hmm. here, he's fine, he would have never went to the department. Sirius wouldn't have died. It's all Creature's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Little run. I, well, and Little I couldn't runt. remember why I didn't like Creature so much. Because he's only stuff in like my, that. my movie. Like, well, it's like, all I can think of is what he did in the movies. I'm like, I, I remember not liking Creature reading the book, but I don't remember why. Mm-hmm. And now I remember why. And I don't think I have it in my notes, but I remember I read a trivia somewhere too that they were not going to have him in the film at all. And then JK was like, mm, no, could you please include him? Because he's kind of important down the line. <laughs> so yeah. thank you. <laughs> I need him in the movie. So that's why he has like that very brief like appearance in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arthur is actually sent to St. Mungo's Hospital for magical maladies and injuries after he is attacked by Nagini. 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 Thank you. Nagini. That's not in Voldemort's voice. None of the St. Mungo scenes from the books are included in the movies. Beyond Harry, Hermione, and the Weasleys visiting Arthur, book readers also get to see Neville visiting his parents. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a huge thing. I feel like in the movies, they just make it, like, I feel like they infer that his parents are actually dead. I don't remember anywhere in the movies him talking about them being at St. Mungo's. Like we no. all we know is he they got tortured by Bellatrix. We know nothing well, else if you just watch the movies. When Bellatrix sees him, she does make a line where I think she says to him, How are mom and dad or mummy and daddy or something? And then he says, Yeah, but better now that they're gonna be avenged. So I think those lies they're alive because she she's just like, How are they doing? Like, cause she knows there's some they're messed up. Yes, but somebody evil could also look at Harry and say, How is mom and dad doing? And Harry can say, Better now that I'm gonna avenge them. Like, you can yeah. say that and they still be dead because they're dead. Hmm. 
Yeah. I think it can be taken multiple ways. I don't think they give us enough for us to realize in the movies that they're mm-hmm. alive. Um, but they are. They're at St. Mungo's. They've mm-hmm. lost their minds. They've they're probably shells of themselves. It's probably like just the stare off. Yeah, um, the I remember in the the book, there's the whole scene is like Neville's mom brings him like little gum wrappers or candy wrappers mm-hmm. and he collects them. Like that's what yeah. she does and he his grandmother's like just throw that away that's garbage but he literally saves all of them from his mom yeah, it's just so sad yeah it is Poor neville neville's just um, like bad luck brian when it comes to this whole franchise he, really is. he really is and yet he, he still owns himself that's what i still like out of me so yeah he comes into it, it. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then it's it says it's a heartbreaking moment that provides provides more context and insight into Neville's character, which yes, mm-hmm. I agree. And then also this is when they see Gilderoy at yeah. St. Mungo's, which is a funny scene because he's just loopy and doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were all cut out. Uh, Doris ugh, Dolores. <sighs> In the book, she does sack Sybil, which makes me even more angry because Sybil's mm-hmm. my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually a replacement in the book, uh, the centaur friends yep. who saves Harry in the first movie from Voldemort in the forest, uh, actually starts to teach divination in Trelawney's absence. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would love to sit in on a class about that. Like but a he, centaur, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading that scene in the book. Like as soon as I read the, like I copied and pasted this in my my mind, like it unlocked a core memory of like remember reading that chapter and being mm-hmm. so confused because a centaur is teaching it, and it's like, what is he talking? About? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember everybody being, being confused, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, and actually, that's why the centaurs are really angry. Um at the humans right now in this movie in the book it's uh or in the movie um someone i think hagrid says it's because we're taking their land actually in the book it's because friends is teaching uh divination and giving away their secrets that's actually why they're angry mm-hmm. so that's just a, a little difference yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh the department of mysteries we got a we didn't see a lot in the department of ministry mysteries mm-hmm. when they went into it in the film um so one of the most memorable rooms that they went into was the brain room where brains with tentacles attacked them and latched onto ron and suffocated him or yeah. started to suffocate him yeah. uh, another notable room i'm assuming hermione saved him i don't remember who saved him from that but i'm assuming it's hermione um another notable room in the film uh was the time room where they keep all the time turners Mm -hmm. and then uh, all the ministry's time turners are destroyed when harry and his friends fight the death eaters in the time room so they actually fight in there which Mm -hmm. probably is a good thing we don't need any more like extended days thank you very much hermione granger (laughs) um and then uh, Dumbledore's explanation of the prophecy is much more limited in the mo- movie. It mainly focuses on neither can live while the other survives part of the prophecy and why Dumbledore shielded this truth from Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mo- in the book, it's a lot more extensive. Um, 
he explains the real reason that Harry has to stay with the Dursleys. And he um, talks more about how he first heard the prophecy. And it gives you more context on how Neville is actually connected to the prophecy. Mm -hmm. We don't really get a sense in the movies that Neville is, there's any connection to the prophecy at all with Neville. But there is a huge connection. I do remember, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember reading about that. Like, Well, he and Harry were born the same day? They have the same birthday, right? Yeah, same birthday. So they have the same birthday. So in theory, because they were all part of the order and all of that, it could have really been okay. either Neville either. or Harry. And they, Voldemort ultimately made it Harry. Gotcha. Yeah. He chose who it was going to be mm-hmm. his um, demise, pretty much. Yeah. But Neville does kill a Horcrux. Yeah. He kills the final Horcrux, which is like the most epic moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like so, I said, he starts out as bad luck Brian that he has his moments. He does. Well, and they even just do up. it in his looks. Like, he starts off very, like, book look, the mm, big teeth, gangly, the ears, yeah. all of it. And then by book seven, he is Mr. Hunk. He was, mm-hmm. like, even, like, when I saw the reunion, like, when he comes mm-hmm. back, I'm like, yeah. That guy, yeah, he's that actually was, very was, attractive, like, man. You, mm-hmm. Calvin, like, what? oh, my God, that guy's, yes. like definition of what's the term glow up definitely yes. definition of that guy of that. that is him well and they had to play his, that his looks down in some in the movies yeah. i believe with how they did the hair and some adding right. of like the teeth yeah and stuff. Exactly. i really think he would have outshined tell like he was a handsome dude you he probably would have outshined all the boys in oh, yeah. the movie if honestly they did not kind of yes. rough him up a little bit yes mm-hmm. 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 yeah uh, let's see here. During Care of Magical Creatures class, Hagrid tells the class about Thestrals. And actually, it's Harry and Neville that are the only the ones that can see Thestrals. Um, in the movie, Luna uh, shows Harry the animals, but and Neville never acknowledges them. But it's actually Neville that um, mm. can see them, uh, which I don't remember who died that he, because his parents didn't die. So I don't remember what the explanation was of that. Um, but just a little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually later on in my notes, but I'm just going to say it now. So in the movie, all of them are writing their own individual Thestrals, but not everyone can actually see the Thestrals. So yeah. in the book, they actually had to pair up with Neville, Luna, and Harry to ride the Thestrals. Like they had to be on the back with one of them because no one could see him but those three. That's right. Doesn't he like, they like see him floating, but like nobody else can see what he's mm-hmm. on. So it looks yep. like he's like, eh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, in the book, Harry witnesses the attack on Arthur, just like in the movie. But he, when he wakes up, Neville gets McGonagall, who then takes him and Ron to Dumbledore's office. Uh, there, the Weasleys and Harry take the port key back to Grimwald Place um, to see what is going on. So there's more to it than just mm-hmm. he sees the vision, and then the next thing we know, it's Christmas, and he's sitting with them at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a whole whole sequence with that. And the fact that they have to take a port key to Grimwald Place and not the flu, like the flu system because then they could follow him there it's mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. interesting interesting um after christmas the weasleys harry and hermione return to the school on the night bus and i just wanted to mention this because i feel like we got robbed of another night bus scene yeah right. that would have been so fun love that night bus oh so much fun and then actually harry's relationship with cho chain is just played down largely in this movie i remember being um, a lot more involved in the book yep mm-hmm. uh, uh they had a whole date in hogsmeade and Mm -hmm. and a bunch of different stuff um and there's a plot hole where they mention um hermione mentions cho being um nervous about her owls but actually cho is actually a year older than harry 
and they mention it in this book she's actually year six okay so you know harry going after the older ladies apparently um so there's there's some discrepancies with with how they portrayed Cho in in the movie, and also she is not the one that told on the Order of the Phoenix. It's another yeah. student called Marietta, um, and and uh, she is the one that that uh, tells. But mm-hmm. you know them; they want to keep their they want to keep everything tight, and Marietta would just been another character to figure out how to introduce her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Dumbledore's escape is actually slightly different. He's aided by Kingsley, who alters, I don't know, I don't remember what Marietta does in this scene. Because alters. I remember the whole thing. So Go for it. Yeah, so Marietta had the sneak written across her face because the coins were were cursed if you told yeah. Umbridge what was going on. So Umbridge is yeah. in the office and she's just like, oh, Marietta is going to tell you all about Dumbledore's army and what's going on. And basically at the end, Kingsley uh, makes it so that she stops talking um, mm-hmm. when Umbridge is trying to ask her questions. And she's just like, like basically denying everything at that point. So he kind of alters it that way. To, gotcha. Thank yeah, you. To mess with um, Umbridge. So messes with the memories and then um, Kingsley knocks everyone out in the room except for Harry and McGonagall mm-hmm. and the line of the famous line of I disagree with Dumbledore on several points but you can't deny he's got style is actually said by Phineas Nagellus Black. Okay. I forgot that too. a um, portrait because Phineas Nagellus Black was the headmaster thousands of years or hundreds of years ago not thousands mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. in the game i'm playing hogwarts legacy oh mm-hmm. nice yeah. and he's important in the last the last book too as the portrait so yep he he is an yeah. important portrait character mm-hmm. um umbridge does try to slip veritas serum into harry's drink and ask him to turn in albus and black um and that's when he learns that the fireplace, her fireplace is the only one not being watched. Um, and then in the book, uh, Fudge's Ors and Umbridge try to take Hagrid away. And as a result, Professor McGonagall gets hit by four stunning spells and gets taken to St. Mungo's. Mm-hmm. Mm. Another reason why we hate her, she goes mm-hmm. after our favorite professor. Absolutely. Darnie. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I already talked about that. Uh Oh, so Bellatrix actually doesn't kill Sirius in the in the movie with a killing spell mm-hmm. or the killing curse. She actually only she hits him with another curse and his body falls through the death chamber. Yep. So yeah. I I'm wondering if in the book they de- or in the movie they decided to use the killing curse so maybe the younger kids understood. Yeah, it was, was more happening. clear. Mm-hmm. We'd also see it in action yeah. too. Like it would hit us in that place where we get get somebody that we've already really been attached to. Yeah. I mean, Cedric well, was kind of that, but he was only there for, he wasn't that emotionally connected to Harry, you know? Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't. Um, but, like, if they just, like, hit him with a curse and he fell through a veil, it, we could have, like, thought, oh, maybe he's just in another dimension or he right. just got He'll transported somewhere. Like, we need, like, if you didn't read the book, something had to be done to make sure we knew I think died. in the in the book, they explain more about what the veil is, too, about how it's souls and everything, right? Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. which they don't yep. discuss. They explain a lot more in the books than they do in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Ser- just a little thing. Sirius actually never calls Harry by the name James. It's only implied earlier that he says he sees Harry in the same way he sees James. Uh, let's see here. In the book, Dumbledore uses the Fountain of Magical Brethren to protect Harry while dueling with Voldemort. 
and Fox takes the killing curse for him. Mm-hmm. Oh. I forgot about that. Makes me very sad. I mean, doesn't he come? He comes back, right? Doesn't he? No, because he didn't I die in the remember. ashes, so he no, can't come he, back. No, he comes back because I think in the next book they talk about how Fox flies away when Dumbledore dies because his his friend is gone. I think, if I remember right. Because that's a book thing, not a movie thing. So I'm like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that in any of my notes for the book. So we'll have to look in the book between episodes. Okay. (laughs) Because I feel like I read that, but I don't. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Bellatrix is trapped under the statue from a fountain until Voldemort dissipates with her. I don't know where that came from, but apparently Bellatrix was in there while the battle was going on. Um, she oh she doesn't disappear in the flu network like it does in the movie. She yeah, she actually just gets out of was there. got she got trapped probably by Dumbledore, and uh, couldn't uh, couldn't get away until Voldemort took her. Let's see here in the book, Harry frees himself from Voldemort's possession due to his grief over his godfather's death, not because of the love of his friends. So it's actually grief was mm. more powerful than than the love in this piece well grief is a type of love so i could see it is yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. a lot more grim in that kind of worldview but it's probably why they changed it because they didn't want that much grim they probably i don't know if they were like trying to protect the younger viewers or what on that one Mm -hmm. Eh, that's a very Uh, it feels like a very like english type of literature point of view it's like that type of love but it's a really like darker more somber sort of approach mm mm-hmm yeah. You know, well, I Americans mean, these books are supposed to be, to be getting more, darker. That yeah. was the point. What's up? These books were supposed to be getting darker. That was the yeah, point. Yeah, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. After Voldemort flees, Dumbledore. See, okay. This is why we needed a calm, cool, and collected Dumbledore all the way up to this point. Because uh-huh. Dumbledore shouts at, at Fudge in this book. Mm-hmm. Not movie book Mm-mm. for the okay. first time ever Dumbledore yells at somebody and that's when you know because Dumbledore's yelling that something is seriously seriously wrong right mm-hmm. right true the movies killed it <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say yeah. I mean you're right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are reasons anyhow uh, let's see here. Draco's, of course, newfound hatred for Harry is due to his father's arrest. Um, that was omitted. So the scene where Harry tries to curse Malfoy, uh, Snape takes 10 points from Gryffindor and McGonagall, McGonagall uh, returns to Hogwarts and awards Gryffindor 250 points and Ravenclaw 50 for the battle at the Department of Mysteries, uh, which was also omitted. So uh, pretty much Draco just hates like full-fledged hates Harry at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draco's attempt to attack Harry Potter on the Hogwarts Express with Crabbe and Goyle to get revenge for the for his father's arrest is only stopped by the members of Dumbledore's army is also admitted. So they're mm-hmm. on the way back from school, going home, and they admit this whole scene of, of um, Draco going after Harry. Also, there was a scene at King's Cross when they get home. The members of the Order of Phoenix have a talk with the Dursleys about Harry. And this, unfortunately, never happens in the movie as well. And then some of these I got from a different source, so they're kind of out of order. In the novel, Harry actually yells at Ron and Her- Hermione about everything he has done when they men- mention what Dumbledore told them about not telling Harry anything. Um, he mentions 
saving the Philosopher's Stone, killing the Basilisk, fighting the Dementors, getting through the maze and fighting off Voldemort. He's angry and he actually mm-hmm. yells at them. In the movie, he just kind of mentions one or two things and kind of lets it go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting, I think I'm talking too fast because I'm about to get hiccups. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, Hermione, nope, nope, Mrs. Weasley, tries unsuccessfully to exercise a bogget from a dresser in an upstairs floor, um, and Harry finds her com- confronting her worst fears, and that's her family and Harry will die. Yeah. I can see why mm. they took that out of the book, or of the movie. Mm-hmm. That would be very hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then one thing I haven't mentioned yet, Hermione and Ron are prefects this year. Yep. Okay. I just want to ask. I know he wasn't going to choose Harry. He has a lot on his plate. Mm-hmm. But why Ron? I <laughs> feel like all the boys in Gryffindor. <laughs> why? Like, why not Neville? I feel like they picked. That's true, though. Honestly, he could have picked Neville. Now that you say that. Because I feel like Ron was like a pity pick. <laughs> and I hate it to say that, pick. but I feel like that's why. Because he was so upset in the last one about harry's in the triwizard tournament you didn't tell Mm -hmm. me that you entered and you get all this attention and blah 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 you know how ron was that's because i don't understand he doesn't have the best grades and he certainly gets in some trouble i know hermione does but she's a very good student and she will try and uphold the rules like, has he done anything to make himself stand out at this point like i don't think he really has yeah no he's just been ron being wrong you're see this is what i think happens i think molly got to dumbledore and said listen <laughs> i need you her redemption from the card. twins <laughs> i need the, you uh, to make ron a prefect <laughs> maybe molly went uh molly went full karen at the on that one she could have listened listen dumbledore what i'm guessing <laughs> listen Oof. I don't know. Oh, goodness gracious. But yeah, Neville uh, would have probably made a little bit more sense. Neville would have made more sense. Made a lot more sense. Now, I'm part of me wonders the reason she probably chose Ron, like literary wise, maybe to because there needed to be some separation between them and Harry in this book. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there was a disconnect. Right. Most of the probably. book between the two until like the army, Dumbledore's army and everything started. Yeah. And even then there was still felt like this, I don't know. Well, Ron, up until now, has been more or less a sidekick. So he yeah. needed to be defined more than just, hey, here's Harry's friend. So I kind of get it, but I feel like she kind of came up with that as she was writing this. Like, oh, yeah, I need to do more with him. Have I done mm-hmm. anything with him up until now? Nope. It's fine. Nobody will notice. We did. <laughs> yeah, we noticed. We noticed. <laughs> we noticed. Um, uh, yeah, so that was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um and Harry, of course, is not understanding why Ron was chosen over him right. uh, or why Ron was chosen over him, um, which none of us are understand either. Uh, We're and, with you, Harry. We don't get it either. Yeah. Um, and then Ron and Hermione ride in the prefect's carriage on the bus or on the, not the bus, the train. The train yeah. And this is when he rides with Neville, Jenny, and Luna. And this is where Jenny introduces Luna to them because they're both in the same year. Yeah. Uh, so. There's that. Oh, but by the way, I don't think I added it in here, but the movie completely changed the one of the Patels um, uh, uh, 
houses. And I totally yes. forgot about this. And I don't even think they I were in the same house. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pa- I think it was Padme. Is Padme? Remember. I think it's Padme. Padme is a prefect. And I saw it in a list. And I'm like, why is Padme a prefect? And I kept reading. I'm like, oh, she's actually in Ravenclaw. She yeah, she was in Ravenclaw. No, they were not placed in Gryffindor together. One was in Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which That's I found true. interesting that the twin these twins were like separated because usually well twins can be different I mean mm-hmm. my dad and my, yeah okay yeah but yeah I thought that was that like blew my mind earlier I'm like wow I really do need to read the rest of these mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's a lot that I'm just not remembering like yeah there's so it's much a lot of info to really keep is. in your head yeah plus like, I'm like doing these, of this <laughs> I'm like it's kind of familiar now I'm like okay this mm-hmm. seems familiar but I feel like I just need to read it to remember mm-hmm. yeah yeah um let's mind see, you I only that. read them once so Technically, yeah. I only read them once, too. Oh, really? This really? is the first time I'm going through the second time. Wow. Yeah, I'm I more of a, read I read them like several once. times. No, I, I'm more of a, I read you once and I need to move on to new books. This is oh, why no. I have a huge collection of books. Because after I read a series, Makes I put it sense. on my shelf and then I buy more books and I just keep reading. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I kind of do the same thing. There is a few oh, select that I go back and reread. But yeah, no, I, I kind of get it, though. Like, yeah. that first time experience, there's like something special. And once you've done it, it's like... It's like ice cream, you know, your yeah. first, your 18th bowl of ice cream isn't going to be as good as your first. I like rereading them because now I know so much stuff so I can pick the, out yeah. little things and it just adds to the story. And that's yeah. why there's certain books that I do go back and redo. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter should be a series that I go back and reread. I'm I've done really it multiple bad at going times. back and rereading them. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, scratch that. I've reread the Sorcerer's Stone a couple times before this series. Because mm-hmm. uh, here's my intention. I always intend to go back and reread them and I'll get through Sorcerer's Stone and then something else catches my eye. And I'm like, oh, I want to read that. Oh, I want to read that. Because it's a commitment. It's a it lot is. of pages <laughs> in the Harry Potter books. <sighs> well, a lot of my books are big, thick. But that's what I'm saying. Books. Like, but you have yeah. seven of them to go through. It's yeah. a lot of yeah. commitment. That's how yeah, I, I'm, that's why I tend to like, if I'm rereading something, I'll just listen to it like audiobook or something. Yeah, that's how I got through them the last time. It was easier for me to do the audio. I can't do it. I can't yeah. do audiobooks. I got to be able to focus on what I'm hearing. And if I try to listen to an audiobook while I'm doing something else, I'm going to miss what I'm hearing in the book. Like I have to visually see it when I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But that's how I am. I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. I'm okay with it. Where you guys might, I don't know what kind of learning styles you guys have, but it sounds like you might be more auditory. Like one uh-huh. of your strengths is auditory. Not the main one, but it could be like mm-hmm. one yeah. of your strengths on auditory learning. Yeah. It really depends. Like I'm actually I'm more not of a cross- good auditory. Yeah. Like I, I know anytime, anytime I've had like a job where I've had to learn like how to do something in a job, it's a cross between like visual and then hands-on. Like I see somebody I doing it and then I do mm-hmm. it myself. That's how I learn better. As I would as agree. I'm kind of goes, it's more of like, if I'm just downloading information, that's mm-hmm. a, like, if I'm listening to a lecture or something, like I have to listen and then be doing something else. Yeah. I can't just sit. I, I I'm the exact same way. Like I need to multitask. I am that's not able to just sit. sitting in class. Mm-hmm. That's why you what? I said, that's why I always sucked at like sitting in class and trying to like pay attention to lectures and stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, it's like, kind of boring. I'm listening, <laughs> but I always, I'd be kind of like fidgeting or <laughs> just kind of doing some of my hands or whatever. <laughs> or I just fall asleep. If I like force myself to pay attention, then I just feel like fall asleep. Like, oh no. I've gotten better. I've gotten better. It is a developed skill, but in mm-hmm. my younger days. Yeah. Well, like lectures, I would, I, I would have to focus on what they're saying because if I did anything else, I wouldn't hear them. And then I'd miss parts of the lecture and I'd be like, oh, shoot, especially mm-hmm. in Davis's class. Dear Lord, if I yeah. missed anything in that class, I was screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually I would have like my text, if we had like a textbook that I could open up, like Old Testament survey and those had textbooks, 
I'd have my textbook out so I could visually see what they're talking about and hear it and it would help. But audit auditory learning is not one of my strengths. I had to like write every, I took copious notes. Yeah. I, I hate auditory learning. So now when I can do hands-on, I'm visual and hands-on. So when that happens, yeah. I, I can do it much quicker. Mm -hmm. Take it for me, taking down notes was always like the best way to remember stuff that I, that doesn't matter. Like, I'm like Oh, that sounds good. Like, okay, I'm going to take that note. Did I end up using that? Nope. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm so weird about notes. Like, okay, this sounds good. This sounds good. This sounds good. Is any of it relevant? Nope. <laughs> that was me every time I took notes. I was like, I, See, I, just I, I don't take everything. notes anymore. I kind of did that I too. wrote everything. I would write everything and I'd be clean like, it up. I want to go through all this again. Yeah. Oh, that's that was my process. I would have pages of notes and I would reread through them. Yeah. I would try to highlight whatever he like said multiple times over and over again or any yeah. of my professors. I get you. Yeah. I took well, like your computer notes. You kind of had to. Well, I took computer notes and we could draw on our screens and stuff because, you know, with our fancy oh, nice. computers. But then I would go back to my dorm room and I would rewrite it on paper too so that I could like flip through it and find stuff too. Like I, I rewrote my notes probably three times to retain it. Well, it's proven that a lot of this, I, I know you're going to cut out, but it's proven <laughs> that if you write your notes, you learn it and remember it better than uh -huh. typing your notes. If you yeah, type your notes, you're not going to remember crap. Mm -hmm. That's, so that's why that. I never took my laptop to class. I always used um, like notebooks and stuff. Mm -hmm. I still have notebooks. Like I think, yep, there are some in my notebooks from my English classes down yeah, there. Yeah, I still see I pharmacy get rid ones. Of them. Mm -hmm. I got them too somewhere. Yeah. But anywho, going back to the book, because I'm not done. We're just <laughs> anyway. through the plot section. Um, except one more thing about the plot. Uh, Quidditch season, we know, is removed entirely. But this is actually when Ron joins the team. He doesn't join in book six. He joins mm -hmm. in book five. Um, so when Harry, Fred, and George are removed, like I said, Jenny joins to replace Ron or Harry. Ron's there. Y you have everyone there. So that mm -hmm. whole thing in book six or in movie six, completely wrong. Mm -hmm. But anyways misplaced characters or missing characters we have a lot the dursleys we don't see them in the movie um right. and the tongue taunt well we do see them in the movie but briefly but like briefly not, you know um there's a toffee scene that was left out i don't remember the tongue toffee scene but whatever oh that sounds familiar um rita skeeter was complete oh sorry, i remember that no i was gonna say i think they the weasley the the kids the twins give it to um Big D, <laughs> if I remember right. I think that's in this one. Interesting. I it would think. have to be. Yeah. Because he's greedy and fat and yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Rita Skeeter is completely removed from this film, um, which mm. makes me sad because Hermione blackmails Rita in this book and it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. But you know, what can they do? Um, mm. We already talked about our Marietta Edgecombe was taken out she was the one who actually revealed everything to umbridge dobby was taken out of this film mm -hmm. um he's actually the one to tell harry about the room of requirement not neville yeah. neville ends up doing a lot of the stuff that dobby does in this movie mm -hmm. um except for winky winky i i, I don't remember winky but apparently Winky would drink too much butterbeer. Yeah, Winky was from the Goblin of Fire. She was the house elf that got pinned for setting off the That's Dark right. Oh, okay. I, yeah, and then I she gets let go from the crouches because they're like, oh, you're you're terrible, even though he knows she didn't really do it. And then yeah. Dumbledore takes her in, but she becomes a drunk. So. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then we're actually introduced to Monungus Fletcher in this book because he was the one who was supposed to be watching Harry when the Dementors uh, came to attack. And he was not there because he wasn't watching like he should have been. Um, and then he's actually mentioned in the Goblet of Fire from the old crowd, uh, the old Order of the Phoenix that fought um, against Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And uh, he re- he does rejoin the Order of Phoenix, but he continues to help himself by stealing stolen or selling stolen goods. Sure does. So he actually has a bigger part in the books than in the movies. Hmm. <laughs> the book also mentions Miss Madame Maxine, Max Maxine Max Maxine, mm-hmm. however you say her name, who joined Hagrid on the mission to uh, recruit the giants in the fight against Voldemort. And despite Hagrid and um, Maxime's uh, best efforts, the Giants, of course, chose to fight with Voldemort and the Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storyline about Bill Weasley is, is left out. Uh, he actually moves back to England during this book. And he is, um, and Charlie is actually recruiting foreign wizards to the Order. So both of their storylines are omitted. Mm-hmm. And then um, after the kiss between Cho and Harry, oh, I already talked about this. Um she actually is a year older than him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember why he breaks up with Cho because she's not the one who gave the secrets. So I can't remember why they decided oh, to because Because there's like a whole thing, you know, because Harry kind of sucks in this entire thing in the book and the movie. Well, and <laughs> and they go on like a day, but Hermione had asked Harry to meet her and I can't remember what they were doing. But when they were at Hogsmeade, she was like, oh, come meet me at this time. And so Harry tells Cho that when they're on a date on Valentine's Day. And so she's just, she's like, oh, you're meeting Hermione Granger. Are you kidding me? So there's like this whole thing again, once again, where there's some jealousy about Hermione and Harry, even though they're clearly not together. So there was that whole thing. And then they just fight. And then he just kind of stops talking to her, I think, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Ah, the joys of being young. Being yep. Okay, that, that's that's the book. That's what I got on the book. Nokie dokes. Wait, that was um, a lot today. <laughs> it, it was, but it's good. It's good. Not too bad. Okie dokes. So on to the movies. So this one, again, is rated PG-13 for sequences of fantasy, violence, and frightening images. Kind of makes sense. You know, getting a little mm-hmm. scarier, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantasy adventure, not a kid's movie. Director, David Yates. Producer, again, David Heyman. He, I think he's on for all of them. And David Barron. Uh, writers, Michael Goldberg and J.K. Rowling. So we have a new writer for this one. The other writer, I think he was busy and he couldn't return, I think is what it was. This one came out on July 11th, 2007, and its box office gross in the USA was $292 million. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's two hours and 18 minutes long. It's got a 78% rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 81% audience score, and a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Haters. <laughs> IMDb it's is. It's what they do. It's what IMDb does. Just... I'm trying to I know, see. but I'm going to call it the out Reddit every episode. Movies. This one, the lowest rated one so far is Chamber of Secrets, and then this one is the second lowest rated so far. Like out of, out of oh, so about. far. Yeah, out of okay. what we've talked about, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can yeah, understand I've been Chamber of Secrets, curiosity. but like this one really is one of the better ones. Listen, I don't know. Uh, don't this one? Uh, I think it is. I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of good to it. Yeah. In my mind, anything that's like after 
three slash four just gets better and better. Like first, the first two are great, but they're more or less kids' stories. That's just how my mind works. Yeah, that's true though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like st- when they start getting older, in general, like there's good and there's bad, but as a whole, I tend to like those better. Mm-hmm. That's bad. see, this is the one I would like I least put in when oh, really? I'm watching Harry Potter movies. Interesting. I avoid this one most of the time. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, Harry's whiny. Yeah. Which, whatever, it's normal. I mean, is it really but Harry? Umbridge, or is it, what? Is it really Harry or is it, I mean, because we do know he's pretty much more or less having, being haunted by Voldemort, like in his mind. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's whiny, but he's kind of got his reasons, you know? And he's all worked up because, you know, what literally just happened was he saw Voldemort. We had the death of Cedric Diggory yeah. right mm-hmm. in front of him. And that's like got to be super traumatizing as a teenager yeah and he's got hormones that's i I understand that i understand all of it i just it it feels like and it's not i'm saying that it's not good writing or a good movie i'm just saying it feels like nails on a chalkboard sometimes when i'm listening to it um because i want to I know he's a teenager, but part of me wants to look at me and be like, would you man up just because they're prefects doesn't mean you have to whine about it. Mm-hmm. Just be like, he's trying to protect you. Why are you getting angry at Dumbledore? Like, I get annoyed because I'm seeing all this on the outside. His mm-hmm. reactions are exactly how they should be in this book. They mm-hmm. The writing's great. Just for me, it's like, you know, I'm just... <laughs> okay. That's fair. Still a great movie. Still great writing. Mm-hmm. It's just personal preference. Mm-hmm. That's true. Moving on. Cast. Moving so on. we have the beautiful, the wonderful, the amazing Helena Bonham Carter as Bellatrix Lestrange. Makes Mommy, her appearance. Sorry. Mommy, sorry. Mommy, sorry. I love her. I There is no hate, Dan. I love her. Have I you, love Bellatrix. Have you ever seen the interview where she talks about her kids and their no. friends and acting like Bellatrix to the friends? I can only Is this the wand one? Or is this a different one? Yes, I did Uh, see that. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's the wand one. Like it's so I'll find it and send it to you, Dan. It's it's very funny. Yeah, where she threatens them with with her wand. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. And the and the friends like seriously are like scared (laughs) out of the (laughs) way. They listen to her because of that. She has a crazy side that she actually taps into. People don't get that. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not just acting, I don't think. You have to, I mean, she's married to Tim Burton. Married to Tim. Well, she was. Well, she was. Married to Tim Burton. They're they're divorced. Okay. Mm -hmm. Point is, like, you have to be a little. You know, a little bit sure. a lot off while you're For also sure. like you know in love with johnny depp on screen as tim burton is to always they got a weird little trio thing going don't tell me they don't they, they have really a weird do. little thing going really and truly not trying to kink yes. shame but you know whatever it's a it's a it's hollywood it's a whole thing you know uh-huh. everybody's into that oh we talked about it we we had a whole episode we had a whole month about burton oh yeah, yeah. oh nice mm-hmm. yeah i don't think i was in on that you weren't i'm sorry you weren't invited that was before sorry. you yeah. like really started we this really brought just, you in, brought you in. Yeah, so BD before Dan. Yeah, that's the new, the new designation for the podcast. <laughs> BD, that was BD. I mean, Halloween. Tim Burton always comes up in our Halloween episodes, so he truly we'll does. Probably talk about him then too. There you go. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so back to Harry Potter. <laughs> um, so we have Amelda Staunton as Dolores Umbridge. She does a great job. Still can't stand her when I see her in anything because all I can think of is Umbridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We have Ivana Lynch as our Luna Lovegood. 
Love her, love her, love her. She's the best. Mm-hmm. Natalia Tenna comes on as Nymphadora Tonks, who I know Dan also loves. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And George Harris joins us as Kingsley Shacklebolt. And I know he's not in the movie as much, but I just think he's such a great character when he is in the movies yeah. and in the books. So I wish we could have had a little bit more. Kingsley, Love but it's okay. It is what it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mentioned him as one of my favorites, but I was watching the movie. I was like, man, he really wasn't in this at all. I remember no, liking gotta, him a lot more in the books. In the books, yeah. Tie him into yeah. the books, yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. So trivia. Although based on the longest book in the seven book series, this is the second shortest movie in the film franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels right. Yeah. It goes pretty quickly. It does. I agree. It had the biggest first day gross of a Harry Potter movie. So there you go. And this movie was released 10 days before the final book of Deathly Hallows. Gotcha. So much Harry Potter that month. Oh, man. They wanted the, it's like, it's like, you know what? Oh, no, the final book's coming out. If we want them to see this movie, we got to release it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such hype. That been a good you know that opening weekend, everyone would have been like, we're reading Deathly Hallows, then we'll go see the movie. Sorry. <laughs> I got something to do today. <laughs> I got this big book to read. Yeah. So, yeah. <gasps> so big. Yeah. So this is the final theatrical movie of Timothy Bateson, who's the voice of Creature. And I did not know that until I was looking I at the trivia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the interior Hogwarts scenes were filmed on studio sets, making this the first Harry Potter movie to not utilize any of Britain's castles and cathedrals for the filming locations. That's cool. This is understandable. The Department Mysteries was the first completely computer-generated set used in the franchise because Mm -hmm. um, building it would have been a a bit expensive. And they had, they said an estimated 15,000 crystal balls would have been needed. And it would have taken time to clean it, set it up between, t- yeah, no, no, well, you should I, not have built that. <laughs> it's no. insane. And it's sad though, because it does have that right, sort of like, yeah. But if they didn't film it right, mm-hmm. they would have had to use another 15,000 crystal balls again. Yeah. Like they would I have mean, had to get that, that, that breaking oh, yeah. stunt mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense in this case to do a CGI scene. Yeah. No, I, I and agree. safer. Yeah. No, I mean, I can imagine how cost effective it, like they, Ugh, so much, so much planning but involved it's, in that. And it's the Department of Mysteries. It's okay if it looks a little wonky on set because it's exactly. a mystery, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. This is a case where I guess this is my my film nerd brain kicking in. Like when yeah. I when I have that feel, it's not so much visually, but like when I feel that I'm in a place that I know in my brain that this is not actually there. You know what I mean? Like that's just mm-hmm. me being a being a you know. I get that too. Yeah. Can, can I, I? I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know it was CGI for the longest time. Oh really? My, oh. It didn't even look like CGI to me in my for the longest time. I took it as is. Yeah. Apparently, I'm, my I'm brain actually, doesn't go there. Yeah. I'm. I'm thinking about another scene. This. I think this might actually be in the second one. It's during. It is well in the next movie where it's during a Quidditch match, where or like Quidditch practice or something where there's very obviously a green screen. I'm like. This just doesn't feel right. Yeah, some of the Quidditch things are a little hard for me yeah, to watch because it's so little, fake. It's like especially very when they he was bouncing around on his broom in the first right. one. That exactly. was so CGI. Yes, was it's like I, I understand a lot of these later ones were really on a time crunch, so they didn't have the time to really put the effort into it. Mm-hmm. Still bothers me. Mm-hmm. No, you're allowed to be bothered understand. by Harry. This is my thing. Yeah, I can understand. No, you're good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Helen McCrory, oh. McCrory was originally cast as Bellatrix, but due to her pregnancy, she had to be replaced by Miss Bonham Carter. And according to her, the insurance wouldn't cover pregnant witches. However, McCrory was later invited back and she played Narcissa Malfoy. So we will see her in the next one, who is Bellatrix's sister. So there you go. Yeah, that was a better. That, I'm I'm glad. I like the decision there. Yeah, I, even yeah. though it was the pregnancy that caused it, but I liked the decision because I think she was though. good. Not as, as crazy, but definitely like a darker, just less crazy. I feel like yeah. it would have been. She would have been like a harder Bellatrix. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So she I think makes a better nurses Narcissa Narcissa. They call her sissy. I'm just gonna call her sissy. You can call her sissy. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so Ivana Lynch, she beat 15,000 girls for the role of Luna Lovegood. 15,000 girls. She was ninth in a line of 30 finalists. And when it came to viewing audition videos, producer David Barron stopped viewing after her audition and said, this is Luna. So, and I know her whole story is fascinating because she is a big fan of Harry Potter. She was super mm-hmm. into the books before she auditioned. And she had written letters to JK about wanting to be Luna. So I think it, her story is just so much fun. The fact that she got to play She's Luna. perfect mm-hmm. as Luna. I love it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And to add to it, the radish earrings that are worn by Luna were actually made by Ivana. <laughs> she made the radish, the radish earrings. So there you go. Perfect fit right there. James Phelps and Oliver Phelps, who are Fred and George, make a cameo appearance in the picture of the original Order of the Phoenix as their deceased uncles, Fabian and Gideon Pruitt. Yeah, I rewatched the movie after I did this, and you can bear they're barely in it, but you can see them standing off, I think, on like the left side of the picture, if I remember right. You can see them standing there. So hmm. I thought that was fun that they got to be included in that. That's cool. Ashley's thoroughly inspecting the photo now (laughs) or trying to find the photo. I'm trying to find it. While you're doing that, uh, Stephen King said the character of Dolores Umbridge was the greatest make-believe villain to come along since Hannibal Lecter. I remember when he came out and said that. I think that's hilarious that that Stephen King said that. That's great. He would know. He would know. He absolutely would know. I think that's one of the things that actually got me like perked up when it came to Harry Potter. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, because I was a big Stephen King fan, not much of a Harry Potter fan. So seeing him mm-hmm. praise it, I'm like, oh, maybe there is something Maybe you should to check this, this out. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. What? It's hilarious. There, there they are. You see them, right? Okay, Flash yeah. shirts. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, yep. Mm-hmm. It's there a blink and you miss it moment, I feel like. Yeah. Because you're so focused on like Sirius and, and yeah, Lily and James over, yeah. that mm-hmm. you and Lupin kind of straggling in the like he has a straggly hair in the yeah. picture. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anywho, sorry. So Tonks's hair was kept purple instead of pink, like in the books, because the filmmakers felt that the color pink was associated with Umbridge. So they were trying to keep, keep that over there. Yeah, yeah probably because over idea. that side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm fine with that. That makes sense. Solid. Daniel Radcliffe came up with the idea that as a gesture of respect to um, Lupin, this is like a big long sentence to say Lupin, that in his lessons, um, if you remember, Lupin was always very put together. He had like the sweater vest and everything, you know, Mm -hmm. when he was doing teaching. So Daniel Radcliffe suggested that 
when Harry is teaching that he dresses in a very similar manner to Lupin. Is basically mm. what this is saying. So that was his suggestion. I thought that Good was very. Call. I like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. that's a really nice little callback. I really liked that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling provided more than 70 names for the Black Family Tree Tapestry, complete with the details of relations between each member. 70. <laughs> okay. Dead occasion. Yes, she's mm-hmm. she's got it all mapped out. So she's like, here you go. <laughs> this is her world. This is her life's yes. work. I mean, she yeah, knows. it's got to be. She's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since this movie would include wand dueling at an elite level, a specific wand choreographer, who's Paul Harris, who's actually a professional dance uh, choreographer, was brought in to design the style and technique of the highly unorthodox way of fighting. So it consists of five basic spellcasting moves, which each of the actors and actresses were then allowed to adapt slightly to fit their characters. So like Lucius is a bit formal and stiff fighting, but Sirius is snappy and more spontaneous, like a street Mm. fighter. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, oh, that's very cool. Yeah. In the book, Ron is selected to join the Quidditch team and starts training for the Quidditch Cup. And Rupert, like you said, Ashley, and Rupert was yeah. actually disappointed that that whole subplot was removed from this movie because he was looking forward to it. But they did add back in the scenes to the next one. So he did get to be a part of it. And I can All understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And okay, when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are discussing Harry's kiss with Cho, the three begin to crack up near the end of the scene. And this was actual real laughter from the three. And director David Yates thought it was good for the scene, so he kept rolling. Good call. Well, how he describes it, it's hilarious. I'd be cracking up too. I know. It's such an awkward scene. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I would laugh too. I agree. It was kind of wet. Yes. Well, well, she was crying a lot. Oh, I can see because he, you know, she. Uh, okay. Guessing you probably was something, something like that. Okay. And that's just so. That's like, isn't that how it happens when you're that age and you're like mm-hmm. describing something? Like, there's nothing more honest than that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I really like that they left that in there. Yeah. While filming the standoff scene in the Ministry of Magic, Matthew Lewis suffered a perforated eardrum after tilting his head while Helen Bonham Carter, Helena Bonham Carter, had improvised sticking her wand in his ear as a sort of, sort of Q-tip to torture him. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, so apparently he was deaf in that ear for a few days afterwards, but he did laugh about it later. And initially, um, Bonham Carter had no idea that she injured him. And when she found out, she immediately regretted doing so and apologized profusely. So there you go. Yeah. Oops. She described him as such a nice young man. Yes, and she says he's a nice young man, which I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But oops. 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 When Sirius dies, Daniel Radcliffe's reaction was so agonizing that it caused Helena Bonham Carter, Emma Watson, and Bonnie Wright to cry. And I, I could see that. He he really pulled out the whew, emotions mm-hmm. in that. He did. Well, I mean, did so I watched an interview about this and the emotion was so real and so raw. That's why, you know how in the movie they kind of take us the audio away and do something. Oh yeah, because they didn't want to play it. Because they didn't want to play it. Originally they were going to play it. And then when he expressed all that, they're like, oh God, we need to do something else because this is a a lot. It was too much much for what they Mm -hmm. thought the audience would see. And imagine he's doing this as like a 15, 16 year old. Wow. Yeah, Daniel Daniel has some skill. He really does. He does, honestly. Honestly, in hindsight, I wish they'd left it in. Yeah. 
I mean, I, or, or I, a deleted, make it a deleted scene that we could see later. Where we could like, hear I the would like to scene. actually hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. I don't the only know. thing I, is, is I, I already cry at that scene. Yeah. I would yeah. probably be bawling my eyes out if we actually heard it. Yeah. But just it is very seeing sad. him do it is just, I could feel even just seeing it, I could almost hear it in my head just from yeah. seeing him, him scream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. I mean, I, in hindsight, I feel like a lot of these movies tended to skimp out on like big emotional impacts when it came, like stuff like that, you know, just mm-hmm. in, in order to, to placate like mass audiences and stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, but if you think about it, there might be kids, like kids I was just are gonna still say, into probably this. for kids. And yeah. these younger kids are not going to understand that kind of emotion. And they had to do something to make sure that they're not going to traumatize the younger generations that are watching this. I suppose. Uh, they gotta learn sometime man they gotta learn sometime. you want them to learn at like 10 really did you at 10 years you want to know the stuff i learned about when i was four come on what okay we'll talk about that after the podcast uh, maybe not I'm right curious. now <laughs> i saw i, don't feel I like am this your is father good... when i was four i saw luke get his hand cut off when i was four i watched the land before okay. time before yeah. i was five i saw um, the lion king when i was seven okay that's our generation our generation can deal with this we're talking like the kids that are younger than us they're fine do you see the crap they give them it is fluffy nonsense exactly i don't know what emotion is exactly that's why you have to learn them young we did and we're fine kind Mm -hmm. of <laughs> okay, I'm glad you We're put here. it kind of. We're here. I'm gonna We're definitely okay. go with the kind I'm of. Just saying, yes. like, don't you know? The more you spoon feed people, the less prepared they're gonna be. That's the that's you know. They were food spoon, and they were gonna food speed spoon, spoon speed. feed them. Sorry, <laughs> I need more coffee. Food <laughs> if they were gonna spoon spoon feed them, get the words scene, out. They would have taken it out. They would have had him downplay it more. All they did was change the audio. We still see the pain in his face. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm just so corroded that I just want to feel the pain. I just want to feel something, you know? Yeah, and do you not feel? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I have to put effort into it sometimes. Okay. I'm getting oh, better. Boy. I'm getting better, you know? Okay. I feel like we turned a dark, dark corner. Maybe we should we keep going. Oh. <laughs> Come down to my alley. You don't want to see what's going on down here. You live in Nocturne, don't you? Oh, for I sure. Mean, I mean, you know. Borgen's and Borgen and Burks is your home. What's that? I don't I'm not familiar with that. Borgen and Burks, the, the shop. It's the main in, store. The main store on Nocturne oh, Alley. alley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sees the hand of glory and, and skulls. The, yes. And, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Yes, I, yes. I I mean I I I don't remember the details, but of the names and stuff, but ah, yeah. The shop from the second movie. Uh, where harry gets thrown out of a fireplace it's it's probably good that i don't actually live in this world to be perfectly honest like i really i i i might actually be a villain (laughs) Uh uh-oh i got a death i could i could see that i I wouldn't be a death death eater eater. i wouldn't be a death eater because they're all a whole new level of insufferable that's like that's very annoying dan doesn't do cults i don't i I do i do cold but only when it really serves me like i would be c-u-l-t-s no, I was no, going to say, wait, a... you do cults when it's <laughs> no, see, 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 he's I the would... cult leader. Then maybe there we exactly. go. <laughs> see, I, I, I'm actually afraid that I probably would have been a very good cult leader if I really wanted to. That frightens me. So there we go. We got that, a new that wizarding. Frightens me too. A new wizarding cult. I'm just saying, yeah, but see, I, as a whole, like I would probably just end up doing my own thing. I'd be some sort of rogue that people 
would fear, but I would, you know. You're I'd not like, trying to take over with the world. You're just causing mass mayhem. More or less, yeah. More yeah. Or, yeah. I can like, get behind that. Yeah. Okay. It's more chaotic neutral. I like that. Yeah. I can see I, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm the Chernabog from uh, Fantasia. Okay. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> okay. It's a scary reference. Did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you what people were saying? I was talking to my dad one time. He was like, "Yeah, I know." When I came out when I was a kid, you know, kids were like wetting their pants. I was like, "Really? That was my favorite one." <laughs> That's my favorite. What was your dad's reaction? <laughs> he was a little scared. He was like, my okay. One. He was big and you know, cheered about. He's big and scary and cool, and he's throwing a party. Oh boy. Anywho. Anyway. What's featured in this? Would you movie? like me to move on? Okay. <laughs> yes, I want you to move on. This is getting a little scary. Okay, so this movie. I love you, Dan. <laughs> I got you. I love it. All right, so this movie featured some references to the British educational system. So from the mid 50s up until 1987, students aged 16 were given ordinary level or O level exams in all of their major subjects for which they could receive their general certificates of education. This corresponds, obviously, to the ordinary wizarding level or owl exams mm -hmm. that are given at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Students who wanted to go on to university stayed on for two more years to take their advanced A-level exams, and that corresponds to the newts or nastily exhausting wizarding test exams. So there you go. Very interesting. Yeah. Did not know that was what was they wrong with that. They didn't stay so. in school longer than, I mean, we have to be there until like 18. Yeah, we apparently. Have to. Well, this was only till they, 1987, so I don't know what they do now, but that was a thing. But even during that time period, we like our well, yeah, parents we were still had going to go to all the way through 12th grade mm -hmm. and they stop at 10th. Yeah. They're like, unless they want to go to university. I'm good. Bye-bye. Yeah. I like how they call it university. You and I would have stayed. You know, we would have. Oh, I, I love school. So yeah, I would have stayed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a nerd. Same. <laughs> Sorry. It is what it is. Uh, okay. So I already talked about this, that they were not going to put creature and JK oh, yeah. was like, um, no, I would like him to be included. Thank you. Uh, okay. So many fans, I did not know this. So I was, I was curious what you guys thought. Many fans were critical of the scene where Harry sees Voldemort at the train station dressed in a muggle suit, saying it was out of character for him to do such a thing. But director David Yates and producer David Heyman defended the scenes, although each had different takes on it. Yates explained it was Voldemort's way of taunting Harry and that Voldemort could appear in plain sight in a crowd of muggles who would not realize how dangerous he is. And Heyman said that it's a figment of Harry's imagination symbolizing Voldemort taking control of Harry's mind. I always just assumed it was like a dream because he wakes up on the train two seconds after they show yeah. it. So I was confused about this. I'm like, was that supposed to be a real thing? Because I never thought it was in any of the times I've seen this movie. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I always saw it as a combination of like, it was a dream, but it's a dream being influenced by the presence of Voldemort. So like it is, but it's mm -hmm. not. You know what I mean? Well, I thought like, to, well, when I saw it, I thought it was one of those things where he saw somebody dressed in a nice suit, but his mind was playing tricks on him. And it just, he saw how he saw Voldemort's right. head mm -hmm. in it, but it was actually just another ordinary guy. Like yeah, how it was seen in him. movies where it just, it's in his brain. That's exactly. how I took it. Yeah. I didn't think he was actually like there. Or, yeah. If he was actually, if he was actually supposed to be there, then yeah, that is very out of character for Hol for Voldemort uh -huh. to be in a a nice black suit like that he would um, never dress that way because he hates he, muggles so no I mean, he wouldn't that's a muggle yeah. thing to do exactly um, so it's not a real so that's why i see it as like it's, this it's just ruined my whole take on it <laughs> i just i just like it's like it's the spirit of voldemort influencing him from a distance and his mind is sort of just 
placing like putting a personification of that fear yeah so yeah. like his mind sees him in a suit yeah i agree with that statement yeah i have no problem with like that. physically they're in the train station like they're saying he is no i have a problem with it that makes no sense so i'm not gonna yeah, go with that because it, it does that. not track yeah. no no this i did not see your note until just now so i was trying not to laugh <laughs> we're talking about baltimore okay so my snape's redemption it's a bit hard Again, Mr. Snivellis, I need you to calm down. Okay. You, you drive me nuts in these. Um, but he does pass along the message about Sirius. He does try and, and save him and look into it and help when Harry gives him that secret coded message. Mm -hmm. He does attempt to be of assistance. Although Ashley's response to this for our friends who can't see our notes says, I roll so hard, I see my brain. She's so rude about this. This was hard. I was like really struggling to come up with something for my Snape, my little here's, Snape's redemption for this. I mean, he thing. does inadvertently help Harry without actually helping him. It's not I mean, his fault that Harry couldn't chill it's out. It's not his fault, but he still kind of takes credit for it. Yeah. So, you know. Listen, if he actually wanted to help Harry, uh -huh. he would have gotten the message to them and or and got got a message or went and looked. And then came back and said, Harry, look, Sirius is fine. I've checked in. We're good. When was he going to do this, though? Harry, I don't remember. Because don't remember to be fair, then Harry just went <laughs> off because he's just like, let me go. I'm going to go save Sirius. I'm going to go look into this. I'm going to do all these things by myself. Because Harry I don't remember is, the timeline. Harry is a stubborn Gryffindor. So he, he was is. like, I got to mm -hmm. go take care of this. We are stubborn. Yes. So to be well, fair, he not that he would have actively sought him out because I do not believe that Snape would have done that at all. No, I don't think Snape probably but did. He probably wouldn't have known where Harry was anyway if he had wanted to. He probably was like, oh, Sirius is in trouble? Yeah, sure. I'll go look into it. We know. Now, come on. We know that he actually did try and help and pass the message yeah, along. Know. We know this is a We fact. know it because it's in the book. It's not in the movie. Well, it's implied in the movie. Mm inferences oh my goodness this girl listen i don't have much more time to like not like snape when it comes to his redemption so i know i'm, I'm so I'm excited it. we're getting into well, my the next era one, we're gonna have a lot more to throw at you so huh? i can't wait we're gonna have a lot more of his, his redemption to throw at you in the next i know one. and i'm just kind of milking the non-redemption right now because Enjoy he's it a jerk it face mm -hmm. in this book like just mm -hmm. even in the book, probably. No, even next movie, even next book, you don't have much redemption in that next book. Oh, I have a list. You can fight me on it if you want when we get there next. We will fight about it. We can fight. Because the, pro the problem is, is I'm going to come. Are you coming from the movie or are you coming from the book? I'm going to do all of it. Okay. I just wanted, because my fight is only going to be from the book. He does, in, in I'll, full disclosure, I can see the redemption in the movie. How he mm -hmm. does something, there's something he does in the book where I just can't, I just, mm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll get to it. It's next okay. episode. Okay, let's move on. Favorite characters. Day, Day. my turn. Uh, first one I had to list, obviously, Tongs, you know, mm -hmm. my, my mm -hmm. wife. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Luna yeah, Lovegood, yeah. gotta love Luna. She's yes. something special. Yes. And interesting, I, I don't know if you, Ashley, or you, Sammy, one of you had mentioned that they, she and Harry, would have made a really interesting combination, like a really interesting match. I think both of us agreed on that. Honestly, I, didn't, <laughs> yeah. I never thought about it until I saw them together. And now I think they really would have. Like, yeah. 
maybe not as ideal as him and Jenny, but it definitely an interesting take, like a very interesting direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. yeah, so it would have been fun to see yeah. where that went. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, twins, as always, just yeah. pointing it up, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've mentioned it several times, but Bellatrix, you know, mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry. Um, and then, uh, sadly, he wasn't in this as much, but uh, mm-hmm. Kingsley, Kingsley, yeah. Chuckable, good choice. You know, he's, mm-hmm. Dude's yep. just chill, dude's just cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, love that dude. I love your note. Hey, Ashley's allowed to love Draco. Leave me alone. When it comes I'm just saying. To nobody I'm is saying. judging you. I promise. No one's judging you. No I'm judgment. Gonna, I, I love her too. I don't think anybody would judge me. you for loving Bellatrix. Listen. If I'm getting judged for Draco. Listen. Listen, you Dan. Did, you, you judged me for treating Moaning Myrtle like a bro. Okay, okay. Moaning Myrtle That's because is it's Moaning Myrtle. I'm sorry. A Moaning She's Myrtle. hilarious. I can't get by. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Moaning Myrtle is a different different thing but okay when ashley was trying to make brett watch these movies <laughs> i don't know where we're if we're doing that anymore but no we're not we stopped at you, four you got to four and i remember you said this when we were i think at like i don't know disney or harry potter world yeah. or whatever i don't remember where we were but she said they stopped at four and i literally turned to brett and i said no please watch five because of bellatrix so i'm with you literally that I, was i tried to get him to watch it with me last night and he wondered Please tell if him you, Bellatrix is amazing. She is. We honestly, if he's gotten to four and he's not into it, he's probably we only not have be four. Into he's it. not. He's not. But he's not into it. That's the thing. Like yeah. he's just. It's not his thing. Like, like he. The, next time we come to Florida, if we come just for a vacation, if we're not like, if we don't end up moving down there, mm-hmm. um, he does. He's like I. He's like I understand you love Harry Potter. I'll go if you want me to go. But honestly, that should just you and Sammy should just go to Harry Potter together, and I'll find something to do. I'm like okay. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of stuff in Universal. It. It's not Harry Potter, so. Well, he but wouldn't come into Universal. No. He wouldn't come into Universal. He's no. he he thought he wanted to do the the roller coasters, and then he kind of got there and looked at it and he's like, I don't know if I really want to. I don't know if I really want to do these anymore. I'm like, okay. He's not a roller coaster person. Oh no, he loves roller coasters. Mm-hmm. He likes Cedar Point all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, he's but he, yeah, I think he's starting to feel. The, he, he, I think he looked at it and wondered what was going to hurt when he got off the coaster. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'm not 22 anymore. Yeah. No, no, he, his birthday is Monday mm-hmm. and okay. he's turning 38. 38. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is. There it yeah. is. Approaching middle age. Yeah. Um, for me, of course, I had Tonks, I had Luna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Dobby in the book. I love Dobby in the book. I love mm-hmm. friends in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, twins. I mean, mm-hmm. what they did to Umbridge was glorious. So really so perfect. Mm-hmm. So glorious. So each this this was my problem. So in the when I read the books, I didn't have a fascination with the twins when I first read the books. It really was the movies that made me have this like love for them and have a new appreciation for them. Mm-hmm. And as each, even though Draco is my husband and I love him. Uh, more so Tom than Draco, but mm-hmm. um, as each as each movie came along, I started like thinking, like my my shift in who I was crushing on changed. So I probably by this point am mm-hmm. and more crushing on the twins than I am Draco. Oh, for sure. Um, there's there's this huge shift where I'm like, I would marry one of the twins. Mm-hmm. I think Sammy, you and I like would talk about yeah. that. Be like, you mm-hmm. take one, I take the other. Yeah, we'll be good. Yes. Mm-hmm. The beauty of twins one. is more to go around. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are just adorable outside of the movies too. They like really I, are. I watch just, them on yeah. I'm I follow them on Instagram. And so and I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm like, when they finally get married, they're mm-hmm. gonna have to have like a duplex mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't know how their wives are gonna separate them. Right. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then uh Lupin, of course, when he's with Tonks, um, mm-hmm. they kind of um rush they kind of rush their relationship and i think it's more in the next movie that it's out of order it's really weird it's really sad because you um, really get to see like their development and how it works really mm -hmm. well like how they Mm -hmm. and like tonks is just so patient and is Mm -hmm. like nothing you do is gonna scare me and he's Mm -hmm. like but i'm a werewolf that's literally looping (laughs) dramatic but i'm a werewolf he is he's a drama queen he is a little bit but yeah i think we all had the same people we did i didn't even write down the twins because i knew they were going to be mentioned already so at this point we're just gonna like put the twins in there for all of us yeah exactly yeah luna obviously everybody loves luna bellatrix i'm on the same train love bellatrix so happy we finally got introduced to her and i like lupin obviously with tonks it's great but i liked lupin because when harry gets to the order of the phoenix the first time just the way Lupin handles Harry and talks to him about what's going on and what's happened. He's the most level-headed, reasonable, and the way he talks to Harry was just so caring. And mm-hmm. I just love when Lupin and Harry get to interact. I just think it's great. Because you got Molly on the one hand who's just like, no, he can't be part of this, blah, blah, blah. And then Sirius mm-hmm. acts like Harry's his best friend, and it's like, Mm-hmm. He's still got to have some sensitivity friend, you know, like he's not right. a grown up. So you can tell him, but you got to tell him a certain way. And Lupin fits that bill. Yeah. yeah. It's like you've had yeah. so many of these people in Harry's life stepping into the role of, you know, what he would have had with his parents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. great to see. Well, and this is the movie where I start to get annoyed with Molly. Because I, from a literary standpoint, when I'm looking into like how Harry's developing, I know Molly being a mom is very realistic, but it's like me know like knowing the breakdown on how a um how a young adult hero in books has to go through certain things. Mm-hmm. Molly is trying to break it and take him out of the formula. And I'm like, Molly, stop it. He has to be able to go out on his own. He has to leave you guys. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to like pull him back like this is not gonna work literary wise that's where my brain goes and he just makes Mm -hmm. me angry because i kind of want to look at molly and be like you're not his mom Mm -hmm. he can make this he is 15 he can make the decisions he wants to make at this point he already knows what's going on he already defeated voldemort if he hadn't gone through everything he's gone through up to this point i would say yeah we need to protect him a little bit but he's already gone through a whole lot of yeah crap probably some sort of rite of passage though i mean he needs to go through a phase where he has an overprotective mom well, that overprotective mom was starting to tick me off. And honestly, I do, didn't have that's what love again for Molly until the seventh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, scenes. I, there's scenes. literally no scenes I could add because you guys took them all. <laughs> well, I tried to be considerate because I knew most people were going to take the same one. Like, we were all kind of getting get the I know. Same I was trying to, like, skim what you had already put in, Dan. And then I was just like, I don't want to take all of them, but sorry, <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Yeah. Ditto to Sammy and Dan. I left out a few good quotes, so I was. I, was I know. I was trying to be quotes. because I was like, I know that some of the ones I like are definitely going to be in other people's lists, so mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about it. All right. Yeah. All right. So favorite scenes. Um, 
Escaping the Dursleys. That's probably my favorite version of Escaping the Dursleys. Like with their their fly on the brooms, like flying, like and it's nighttime. Oh, like it's I was watching so it. Oh my gosh, it's that feeling of like you are doing something you're not supposed to be doing with people mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be with in a place you're not supposed to be, love and there's it. not one person in this universe can stop you. Yep, love yeah. that feeling. That's like the I best dream you've ever had. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, reuniting with Sirius, you know, when yeah. they sees mm -hmm. him and just hugs him. Mm -hmm. Such a great scene uh tonks making literally making faces changing her face at the dinner table <laughs> yes like so much fun uh meaning luna because no. she's luna um mm -hmm. seeing those dark what are they what are those horses vestrals. I call them the vestrals yeah vestrals 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 i have it written down i probably spelled it wrong in mine i just call them dark horses because dark horse i think of the katie perry song ah. uh, okay. but yeah so that that's pretty great um the training scene in secret where harry actually kind of takes charge you know that scene where you know we've lost so mm -hmm. much control mm -hmm. and now we're taking that taking back that agency taking mm -hmm. back that control yeah you know, and this and the school is 100 percent on your side mm -hmm. so it's very very empowering scene um the harry and show kiss that's a you know i don't know i don't know if it's something we've actually been building to it's just in the movies anyway, because it's really kind of, sort of been kind of a side plot, but we have kind of felt that tension a little bit. So mm -hmm. I guess it's, it's, yeah, it's nice to see, you know, it's very, very teenage, very angsty, very high school, you know, and mm -hmm. it's sweet, it's a sweet yeah. little scene. Mm -hmm. um, and then, as I said before, you know, seeing Harry step into that role of leader who really he didn't really want it. i mean everything that's happened to harry he really never wanted any of this but then when he actually takes charge and steps into that you realize that he's perfect for it mm -hmm. yeah like that's one yeah. of those scenes that, you know I, I like seeing how much of a natural like leader he is especially after we've seen just the soul-suckingness of umbridge you know and how it's just she just kills all curiosity and creativity and all that and harry's like nope mm -hmm. polar opposite encouraging and you know yeah it's, it's life-giving to me um you know, twins, how they exit the school. I'll let somebody else expound on that because that's one of the best ones. Uh, you know, Ashley, you can she, do it. Yeah, there you go. Umbridge getting what she deserves. And then Snape. I I just like <laughs> this because it's like, it's 100% circumstantial and 100% he did not have to mm -hmm. do it. Like he literally did absolutely nothing and still inadvertently mm -hmm. helps Harry out. You know, I love and, that uh, too. Like, just like you know, the pause, right? Like where he stops and kind of looks at Harry and then Umbridge is like, Baffet, what, what, what is this? What, what is he talking about? No idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. My brain had to catch up with that scene. I'm like, what yeah. are you talking well, about? The, the part where she wants to pull out like the truth per potions yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh, yeah. sorry, I'm afraid you've used up all my potions interrogating Miss Cho. So unless you wanted to poison the boy, uh, you know, actually I have that as a quote, yeah. so I'll leave that later. But yeah, it's like Snape mm -hmm. didn't have to do anything. Like he literally did absolutely nothing and he still helped, helped Harry out. Mm -hmm. Just 100% circumstantial. See. You know, it's fun. Okay, Snape doesn't like Umbridge. So I feel like he's also just wanting to mess up Umbridge's life too. You know, so, that probably is Probably a true. trooper. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a trooper. It's, and, and he, again, he literally has to do absolutely nothing. Obviously. Just show up and gloat. That's all he does. And he gets to hurt two people that he absolutely can't stand. Like, yes. That's kind of everyone's goal, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've all wanted to have a situation like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just kind of shows like, eh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, the twins, the twins, the twins, the twins. Mm -hmm. So the gloriousness of what they did is beautiful. I feel Mm -hmm. like I remember watching, was this, did this movie come out? When did this book come out? The book? What, 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 when did this book come out? The two, or no, the movie, movie came out in 2007. 2007, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I feel like I remember reading this scene and being like, I have a couple teachers I would like to do this to that we had. Uh Um, But so if you guys don't remember, they're taking their owls, which I'm curious if they ever finished their owls because this happened during the owls. Um, But there was gloriousness of fireworks everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when the, when the fireworks took out all of the rules and amendments that she did, Mm -hmm. it was the most satisfying scene. Yes. Apart from the Mm -hmm. fact that of the, of the centaurs taking her away and we were hoping kill her, it didn't happen, but Mm -hmm. we were hopeful. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just so satisfying. And then the, the dragon, like, swooping in after her like i don't know mm-hmm. how they were able to do that but swooping in after her and the fire oh and then just taking off the brooms i'm like that is a weasley way weasley yes. twin way to go mm-hmm. like they didn't graduate they didn't like they're they're practically dropouts mm-hmm. but yes. i mean it's the twins if they they already know they're on the low totem pole of their family they might as well go out with a bang yeah, so just and, own and, it man yeah own they it. they exactly. own it so much and it was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was absolutely beautiful. My favorite scene of the whole movie. It was epic. I love it. It was so great. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <sighs> okay. So I love the whole bit with Umbridge interrogating all of the professors, even though she's terrible, but just watching it, you know, like, could you give mm-hmm. me one team C prediction? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel so bad for Trelawney, but it's just played so well. And then, of course, there's that epic one with Snape. I just, yeah, I have the quote, so we'll be going over the quote here in a minute. It's the only way he could have responded. Yes. The one that's memed and used. Yeah. It's because it's ever since this day. Hilarious. And they just, oh, I, I love, love how he smacks Ron in the head too for no reason. Yes, exactly. Because like, he I'm, laughed. Because he you know, thought he, he was laugh, funny. Yeah. So Snape was just like, wow. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's classic. I just oh, I love it. Fun. And we're going to talk about the twins. I liked the little scene with Luna when she's bonding with Harry when they're feeding the Thestrals. I thought that was nice, even though it wasn't a book thing. But yeah. in the movie, it was a nice thing to see. And she wasn't wearing shoes. So you got that weird feeling again from her. But it was so nice her talking about her mom and bonding with him. So yeah. I just like that little scene. And the ministry battle, that whole thing is so great. Like when the Death Eaters first appear. That part is really great. Like Bellatrix just popping out of the dark, waving her wand. Oh, so scary. Yeah, I love it. I just. It oh, was good scary, but it's scary. Yes. Oh, so great. And then just the whole battle with Voldemort and Harry and Dumbledore. And oh, I love it. You should have came. You shouldn't have come here tonight, Tom. I love It's so insulting. The way he's so insulting. Yes. It just so insulting. Dumbledore knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he just he's so unmoved. Like you are not a dark lord. You're not a dark anything. You're. Mm-hmm. A I'm not afraid of boy. you. You're a pathetic little He's student. Never rattled me. Exactly. Yeah. Never once. Ugh, so great. Well, Dumbledore's the only one he's scared of. Yeah, we know. He does act like it. It's not, but he should have been scared of Harry. Mm-hmm. Harry okay. acts like he has nothing to lose, even mm-hmm. though he has a lot to lose. But yeah. he acts like he has nothing to lose, and that's the scariest 
scariest type of person at all to go up against. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Dan, your favorite lines. Mm-hmm. All right. Favorite lines. Um, the very beginning, you know, ah, just because you're allowed to use magic now does not mean you need to whip your wands out at everything. It's so funny. Love it. Love it. I love the twins. Just being the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I didn't, I forgot the, the first part, but uh, Kingsley is like, you may not like him, but uh, he can't die. Dumbledore's got style. Mm-hmm. Like, sure does. Absolutely, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, after the kiss scene, like, Hermione goes through this whole big spiel about what Cho is going through, and it's all detailed. Ron's like, I didn't pick up on any of that. It's because you've got the emotional range of a teaspoon. Mm-hmm. So good. Yep. Um, Let me start cracking up. Mm-hmm. So yep, because that's funny. <laughs> uh and then when they first discover the uh room of was it the room of need or whatever requirement requirement Requirement. that's what it is yeah uh it's like it's almost like the school wants us to fight back you know it's like what i was saying before you know that Mm -hmm. empowering thing uh this is sort of a combination of both i just thought it was funny because the uh the chancellor whatever his name is the main the Uh, fudge fudge yeah Mm -hmm. like it's literally just a contradiction in the very beginning when he's you know just this judgy you know cold-hearted you know he's not yeah, he's so denial. Mad. Yes. Right. Pure denial. He It's pure denial. It's pure fear, pure, pure denial. denial. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, it's literally the opposite. It's like, it's like, he's back. He's no back. kidding. He's yeah. back. Like, all right, dude. All right, uh-huh. dude. Good on you for figuring... <laughs> Every time I watch that scene, I physically out loud say, no dip. Right, exactly. Right, right. I'm just like, really? Uh-huh. Okay, Fudge. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> So, and then Snape, uh, I mentioned this before, but uh, this is the quote I wanted to use. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, unless you wish to, unless you wish to poison the Potter, unless you wish to poison Potter, I, and I assure you, I would have had the greatest of sympathies. I cannot help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, funny. Yeah. And then this last quote, I sort of debated putting in there just because it's who I'm quoting, but I decided to add it because I actually really like it because it completely defines this person's character. And that's from Ombridge. Mm-hmm. when she uh she just full-on admits it she goes you know i really hate children it's it's pretty funny it's just, you know what that is the all those six words in mm-hmm. the entirety of us knowing her are the only honest words that she has ever uttered yep. it's like all that fakeness all that manipulation mm-hmm. all that you know that stretched forced smile that's mm-hmm. gone and we actually see her for what she is mm-hmm. this vile malignant little troll little gremlin who just yep gets off on sadism and spite mm-hmm. you know and it's like it's like i'm not saying i like that you're being pure i just like that you're revealing you for what you are so i know exactly what i'm fighting like i dig that mm-hmm. i dig that yeah. and really just it's 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 not so much it's, really, it's not so much like the evil thing she's doing and the evil person she is but it's how much power she has mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. so really, sure. the way the best way of satisfying that revenge is to strip her of that power. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there we go. So I didn't put my quotes in there, but I love. I don't see any Luna love good quotes in any of you guys' stuff, and I love her like mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm gonna share a couple. Yes. Um. Uh. So there is a point where she says, "I've interrupted a deep thought, haven't I?" 
I can see it growing smaller in your eyes. I just love it. Like, how is she? And I can't see it like she does. She like mm-hmm. cocks her head and she has this like airy voice, which mm-hmm. I cannot do. It's just, she's great. I it's sleepwalk, you see. Song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I sleepwalk, you see. That's why I wear shoes to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom always says things we lose have a way of coming back to us in the end, if not always in the way we expect. Remember mm-hmm. when we look up and we see her and shoes finally shoes. hanging? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and this was before she lost her shoes. This was in the in the forest when they're feeding the festivals. All my shoes have mysteriously disappeared. I suspect the nargles are behind it. That's <laughs> when, like, Harry says, when the mistletoe. Yes. Mistletoe. And Harry's like, it's probably the nargles. Nargles? What are those? What are nargles? I have no idea. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows. Nobody knows. And one of my favorite lines, you're just as sane as I am. I do love that. Mm-hmm. love that line. And there's that whole bit. All of us are like, oh. And like when Hermione introduces her and it's the most awkward thing ever. Oh my God. This is Looney. And then she just sits there for a moment and you're like, Luna Lovegood. (laughs) Luna Lovegood. It's so funny. Poor Hermione. She tried. She did. (sighs) Okay. Sammy. So we have on the scene we were just, I was just talking about where Miss Umbridge is interviewing Severus. And she says, you applied first for the Defense Against the Dark Arts post. Is that correct? And I can't do it because Snape is just so epic, but yes. yes. <laughs> and then she says, but you were unsuccessful? And the way he replies, obviously. Oh, I will never get tired of watching that. I will couldn't never have, get tired of that. It's the best scene. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> and just funny. Alan Rickman, it just, it's the best thing ever. I will never get tired of it. I think it's his best delivered lines ever in this it's series. It's so epic. That's why everybody loves it, I swear. <laughs> and then when Snape invades Harry's memories and he sees when Harry goes and hugs um, Sirius mm-hmm. and just the way he says, I may vomit. I'm just like, you don't have to be that rude, Snape, but I love it. Just mm-hmm. the sarcasm. Just the sarcasm, you know, for no reason. And during the battle scene at the ministry, when Harry is being invaded by Voldemort, Mm -hmm. it's just so powerful um, when Harry says to Voldemort, you're the weak one and you'll never know love or friendship. And I feel sorry for you. And then, you know, Voldemort leaves and then he comes up to him face to face and says, you're a fool, Harry Potter, and you will lose everything. Knowing the irony, (laughs) no, you won't. But yeah, I just, I love that little bit between them. And the trial, <laughs> when Harry is in trouble for doing his magic because of the Dementors that showed up mm-hmm. and attacked him and his cousin, I just love when Dumbledore just pops out of nowhere. And first of all, when he says, witness for the defense, Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Such a freaking long name. Mm-hmm. I just love it. And then he how, pauses. Yeah, like in between Wolfric. each. Albus Percival Wolfric. Brian. Brian. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> I don't know where the Brian came it's from. It's like there's no reason to pause for that, and yet it's it warrants a pause. <laughs> this is so random. Alvis Percival no Wolfric. Alvis Percival. Uh, Brian. Dumbledore. It's like he doesn't Brian. like that part of his middle name. Right. <laughs> I gotta throw like, this uh, in there. Yeah, my, my mom gave it to me. Whatever. It's funny. Exactly. It's so funny. I don't know why JK did that, but it's hilarious to me. Right. Yeah, I love it. Because Dumbledore's the book Dumbledore is <sighs> just so 
like what's the word I want to l- use random he's eccentric like, this, yeah eccentric thank you that's what yeah. I'm looking yeah. for and mm-hmm. and that's Brian is not eccentric no not not at all <laughs> astonishingly ordinary name yep uh so after he introduces himself then Fudge says oh Albus and see you got our notice about the time change of the hearing and in typical Dumbledore fashion I must have missed it, but by happy mistake, I arrived at the ministry three hours early. Love, I love it. That line. I just love it. So good. It's great. Okay, and can we talk about, we didn't talk about it through any of this movie, mm-hmm. how much Dumbledore separated himself from Harry in right. this book. Makes yeah. like, everything I, so much worse. I want to know hard. why in Dumbledore's weird, planned, plotted out mind, that was a good idea. Like Dumbledore in the movie, he says he thought if he took if he separated himself from Harry, Voldemort would be less tempted to get into Harry's mind. Mm-mm. But Dumbledore, who is Voldemort actually after? Who is Voldemort wanting to kill? Harry. He's trying to kill Harry. Yeah. If anything, he's going to go into Harry. Like you open the floor for him to invade Harry mm-hmm. through this whole book because you separated yourself from him. Dumbledore, you made a tactical error. Yes. Yeah, I didn't really think that went through. I agree. He did not. No. And then he knows Harry, like, literally hates Snape. And I know Snape is the best at trying to, you know, teach him to close your mind and whatever. But, bro. Dumbledore should have been the one to do it. I, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. But he, they are not going to get along. This is not going to work. It nope. No. It's just not it going to work. It didn't work. Because nope. there is no way it would have. <laughs> Just find somebody else. Okay? You. And Lupin's probably pretty good at it. Just somebody. But honestly, I don't know if that could even ever become a skill that Harry has. I don't think so. Because he never I, does master it. No, I don't think he could master it. And like, with the I don't Horcrux? Think that's something... Yeah, I mean, there's that. Really, I mean, could he really do it after? Probably not. Exactly. He probably really couldn't actually completely block him out anyway so yeah and it is uh it's kind of odd to me that Voldemort didn't realize that Harry was a horcrux like that he left a piece of him in there because he was literally in his brain messing with him how did he not notice this this is a plot hole that I want to ask JK about well I thought I thought at some point Dumbledore does reference that he thought it was a possibility but he no, was I never mean sure Voldemort oh Voldemort because Voldemort's I'm an idiot Voldemort. I got you. I don't know. Because Voldemort is stupid and he's drunk with power and he yeah. thinks no one can touch him and he just has no logic to yeah. Dumbledore. Side. Dumbledore's known this whole time. Yeah. Dumbledore, okay. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure Dumbledore talked about I'm it. I'm talking right? Voldemort. Yeah. And Snape was in his brain. I'm surprised Snape didn't like feel that presence. Literally, the Horcrux is Voldemort's presence in you. How did Snake not notice the presence of Voldemort in his brain? I don't know. See, these are little plot holes that I'm like, I know you planned out everything, but I have questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't take away from the story. It doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah. It just, it's just things I think of as like, what, what was your thought process on this? Why didn't you think of this? Right. Did you think of it and just decide it's not important? I just want to know. Okay. Fair. Yeah. yeah. There we go. This has been a very long episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we but. didn't start right away and then we got off track, but. Yes. <laughs> Anything else? 
for the Order of the Phoenix. I think I'm I got nothing. All yeah. right. Covered it. Hey, Dusters, thank you for joining us for Order of the Phoenix. Next week, we will be going into the Death of the Hallows. No, no, we're not. Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Half Prince. Skipped a movie, but okay. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> we will be talking uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Half-Blooded Prince, which is, you know, I'm going to hear so many things about Snake next movie or next episode. So I need another cup of coffee for that um, okay bye pixie dusters bye bye later thanks for listening to the pixie dust twins podcast featuring dan the show is written and produced by ashley and sammy except for those manifestos which are all written by dan himself intro and audio editing by sammy logo created by ashley this show is produced as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Make sure you check out all of our other shows and have a magical day.